When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to another brand new My Mate Bought a Toaster. Now I've been trying to get this human being on this show for a long time. I feel like he, you know what, still water's running deep and I feel like the way to get into those deep waters is to get into his Amazon history and I'm very, very pleased um, to welcome the wonderful Matt Ford to My Mate Bought a Toaster. Hello, Matthew Ford. Hello. Hello, Thomas Price. (laughs) Very big fall start. Hello, Mr. Ford. Um, How are you? You okay? Yes, I'm very good. Um, I'm, I haven't, set foot outside at all yeah. for nearly four weeks. What? How have you done that then? Well, I'm shielding because I have severe asthma because of oh. two types of, medic- of medication I'm on. I've, I'm in the high risk group. So um, yeah, I think on Monday or Tuesday it'll be it'll be four weeks since I, now I live in a flat, so I don't have my own. We've got communal gardens here, but I haven't been in them. No, you know, I've got no outdoor space of my own, and I have not left. I've not set foot out of the front door for what is almost four weeks. Oh, my word. Do you live with anyone or are you by yourself? I live with my girlfriend. So that's been, you know, I've got human contact and interaction. And um, I just got back into running, which was slightly frustrating. So what I've done, I bought quite a cheap exercise bike off the internet. Yes. um, Which I think is in this. Oh, I mean, that's a spoiler right there, Matt. I mean, we'll absolutely (laughs) get to that. (laughs) But that has allowed me to at least, you know, Work up a sweat and blow off the cobwebs a bit. Yeah, and that's just the act of uh, putting it together, I assume, because exactly, they're, they're yeah. bastards <laughs> to build those things. They are, they're fuckers. Um, good. I mean, that's impressive already because most people, when they do buy an exercise bike, that's just instantly a clothes rack. That's what they bought. Yeah, well, I bought it specific. I wouldn't have bought it were it not for the lockdown. So that's like a, that's a change in my life mm. as a result of this, which will hopefully. I feel like I'm losing weight. So, um, Hopefully this will actually make me healthier, all this business. I think there's a lot of that going on. I think I'm I'm in a weird place where I'm feeling uh, fitter, like I'm running every other day. And I'm I'm doing... I've started to look at my splits, Matt. I'm not going to lie to you. I like, I like to look at how... how Your like, splits? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting quite into the splits on strong. What are splits? What, so doing the splits? Split, doing split, no, doing splits, no. It's the splits of how long it takes you to do a kilometre or a mile. So it takes me about 5 minutes, 15 seconds to do a kilometre. Right. Bearing in mind, wow. to give that some context, when that guy um, did the marathon in two hours, I think his splits were somewhere in the sort of three minute region. So, Jesus. yeah, mate. Ins- yeah, like, but you're still you're really fit though. It's good. It's been it's been okay. Yeah, but here's the thing: for getting fitter by the by the run. But my God, I'm getting fatter at the same time because I'm. No way. You're kidding. I'm me. getting fitter, and f- I swear to you, I've never felt fitter. But I've, I probably haven't been as fat since I was about sixteen because I'm just 
pouring in there's there's great lagers there's some lovely ales there's a whole range of chocolates going on okay so uh, matt ford let's dive back then now you were quite a late adopter to amazon because your first order isn't made until the end of july 2011 so can we can we just get a quick sort of where where is the uh, matthew ford of 2011 what's going on with him please well i was i was a late adopter because i was quite i didn't really know what amazon was Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure that I trusted it, and I just thought, well, I can buy stuff in the shops. Yeah. Now, I wasn't being a luddite, but I, I just thought, I don't need it. And then what it was, I got a. <laughs> oh, I know what it was. Oh, you yeah. know what it was. Cool. I think I got mugged. I think that's what. You know what? I've never thought of this before. Okay. But that set in line a chain of events. That's what happened. I got mugged in Streatham on, I think it was either Easter Sunday or Easter Monday morning at like seven in the morning by a gang of four guys, bright sunshine, sort of punched me in the face. (gasps) One of them was waving a bottle at my head. All very scary at the time. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Bust my nose all down my shirt. (gasps) So not fans of the stand-up then, clearly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 um, I was doing overnight radio at the time at Talk Sport, and I would, I would do 1 a.m. till 6 a.m., and then I was staying at a mate's house in Streatham, so that's why I was wandering the streets that time of the morning. Yeah. Anyway, I'd had a pay-as-you-go phone, I think forever. I'd never had a contract out of sort of laziness, just, I don't know, fecklessness, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one of the things they nicked was my pay-as-you-go phone. So that forced me to get a contract. I got an Android phone, and one of the things that was on it was Amazon Music, so then I could download music. So then I started using Amazon yes. to download music. So it's the mugging what done it. So so do you think the muggers were somehow sort of spiced up by Amazon? Do you think they were getting some backhanders from Amazon? I mean, I think they were just angry. And they, they also <laughs> got my inhaler. So I'm not sure if they were asthmatic or what. They didn't get my wallet. I mean, it's the only mug it. I, I've, I'm so better off as a result because yeah. it saved me a fortune on my phone bill. Yeah, I, it, oh, yeah. I was yeah. putting, you know, you pay as you go. It costs a fortune to run a mobile phone on a pay as you go. Dude. So it's probably the only mugging where the victim has been financially better off as a result. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the pay as you go model. I mean, Martin Lewis has physically noticeably aged just because of the pay. <laughs> he, I, I love it when he gets livid about that. It's so bad. Yeah. But it's just, you know, some people obviously can't afford to get, I, I was just, it was just laziness. Well. So they spurred me. They made me a better man. Yeah, they made you a better man. They made you an Amazon man. And then you, you know, you've definitely, you're definitely a man. Well, some of these orders are quite man's manish. So Highway Man, yeah, the uh, Highway Various Artists, that's your your Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson. I love um, Johnny Cash. Jennings and and, uh, Chris Christopherson. I I absolutely love Johnny Cash. But for me, Johnny Cash is a sort of crossover artist. He he brings people to country. Whereas this feels, this feels quite authentically country, the Highway Man collection. Is that fair to say? Well, what it what there's a particular song on it that I wanted, which is the Highwayman. Which yeah. Each of them take a verse in turn, but I had an old version where it's just Cash singing it, which is my favourite. Anyway, I'm trying to track it down, but that was the best I could do in 2011. Mm, so I that see. was the that was the story behind that. So in the days where you'd have to go hunting for a song. Interesting reviews here. Yeah. Um, S. Clark very much backing up the Matt Ford approach. I bought this solely for the song Highwayman, as it was cheap. <laughs> Thanks for the review. It's a great song. Good old S. Clark. Good old S. Clark. Overall, a nice collection of songs, but I find number one gets repeated and the rest largely gets ignored. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the way, isn't it, with those sorts of albums. When you buy an album for one track, yeah, yeah, that's inevitable. It's, it is. And it's t- also, dangerously, they've done that at track number one. You know, that is your, that is your encore track right there, but they've put that up top. 
they've closed, you know, they've opened with the closing song there. So the rest of the songs just sort of, because then you go on to songs like Jim, I wore a tie today. Oh, God. So that's a little bit of country there. So you're a bit of a fan of country, but also, yeah. uh, also uh, Matt Ford, you're a fan of, of pure class as well, because you've got Never Forget the Ultimate Take That collection on the 31st of July, 2011. Yes, Matt. Yes. Matt. So good. I mean, so my, good. My, my natural constituency of music is Oasis. Uh-huh. And Oasis, Kasabian... Reverend and the Makers, the Arctic Monkeys, that sort of thing, as well as country and Dire Straits. But I'd just take that of probably the greatest pop band of... Well, actually, the Beatles are probably the greatest pop band of all time, but like modern pop. Yeah. I always had a weak spot for Take That. And um, never forget... Again, I bought, I bought... You know what? I bought three albums based on the one song I want. I bought The High Women because I wanted The High Women. I bought Never Forget because I wanted to Never Forget. And I bought mm. Baker Street because I wanted Baker Street. Yes, Baker Street there as well. Yeah, nice. So you buy the whole album because of the entry-level song. And so yeah. in, like in the same way that you know you like The High Women song, and then you, that is a gateway drug to the likes of Chris Christopherson et al. Similarly, yeah. you buy Never Forget for, for, the, for the big songs, and then you end up getting introduced to Lulu halfway through. Take That, absolutely dreamy, isn't it? Exactly. Oh, I mean, they work, the thing is with Take That... And- and, and to be fair to E17 as well. Okay, I don't... Yeah, go on, bring them into this. Why not? They both had proper singer-songwriters at the core. So Gary Barlow and Tony Mortimer were writing the songs. Mm. So they're not like other boy bands where they're relying on a, a record label providing them with songs. Yes. These guys could write their own stuff and they were the best at it. The, yes. Gary Barlow, whatever I think of him, is one of the best pop songwriters since Elton John. He is... He is fucking brilliant brilliant yeah no, and he, you is. know if, there should be no shame in admitting that never forget I'll never forget is one of the perfect pop songs the, also the kind of choral opening the yeah, bass always get a kids choir involved whether or not you're singing oh, uh, you know whether classic. or not you're singing well i wish it could be christmas you know the kids choir coming at the end of that yes wizard always, wizard thank you always get a kids choir we come so far it, oh man it goes straight to my spine it tingles man and it's got that magic thing that don't look back in anger's got it as well where it's slightly melancholic but it's still uplifting There's, it feels like a, a summer's afternoon mm, yes it, it, it's pop but yeah. pop's good right it, it's it's forgivable pop mate it's forgivable pop. <laughs> I, but I, I, it bothers me when people sort of suggest that there's some, there's some sort of guilty pleasure thing i'm just like if it's a pleasure it's a pleasure i don't really i don't really get guilt unless i get a pleasure out of like killing kittens that's probably a guilty pleasure but this is just this is just they're just great songs yeah yeah there's nothing guilty about it i'm not going to go to confession for listening to take that quite right too quite right too that'd be weird. <laughs> very weird confession <laughs> I don't want to hear no more crying Just come on, let me know what you've been buying so, and then let's let's crash on through now. So that was uh, 2011. Let's skip on to, where should we go? Let's go to 2013 there, Matt, and uh, see what we've got here. Now, this is uh, now this is interesting, right? So we've got um, Hugh Gate School. Uh, tell us a little bit about this, because obviously politics big part of your life, right? Yes, I'm a, a total political obsessive, and I love a good political uh, autobiography or biography or any sort of political book, really. And Hugh Gateskill um, is a former leader of the Labour Party, and he was one of the early reformers of the party who tried to reform something called Clause 4 of Labour's constitution. It wasn't until Tony Blair became leader that they were able to reform it. So uh, I was fascinated by him yeah. and, um, yeah, bought, bought the biography. He's bought that- it, I think, on uh, around the same time <laughs> that oh. I bought the football hooligan film, I.D., 
Yeah, it's a, it's a weird combo, I'll be honest. Yeah, ID uh, bought uh, in the same uh, same sort of batch. I, what's going on in your life there in 2013 that makes you sort of need to uh, explore football hooliganism and moderate centrist politics? Yeah, it suggests that um, I was quite angry, I suppose. 2013, Ed Miliband would have been lead with the Labour Party. Cameron would have been Prime Minister. Mm. Probably quite uninspired, I imagine, in general. I mean, ID, if you yeah. haven't seen it. Oh, mate, what a movie. It's fucking hilarious. It's got me the funniest football. It is. Re- it is really is the football hooligan film. The football factory was like the modern version of it. ID, where Reese Dinsdale plays an undercover copper who goes native yeah. and becomes top boy of a Millwall. But I just found it. I could watch it over and over and over again, and it's quite scary. But there's some really funny bits in it. So I probably, you know what? I think I, I'd have definitely seen it before then. I wasn't buying that to watch it for the first time. I think. Well, it was, you really wanted to own it. It was released in 1995. Interesting to see that you're you're going through Amazon, and you're finding comfort in the past a lot already. Was you know you, you're going to Amazon Ooh. to get you. I don't want to do too much too heavy handed a reading here for you. No, uh, I Matt, think that's very very true. You're looking. I've never com- thought of that. The comfort of the mid 90s, even if the comfort is found in a, a football violence movie, it's an odd place to find comfort. But you know. Oh my God! I think I'm quite a nostalgic buyer. Yeah, yeah. And well, I never, I'd never conscious, I never crystallized it mm, like that before. Mm. But My is that God, because when you, you really go, open me up there. yeah, I mean, that's what I don't. That's what I do, man. That's what I do. It's just a neat pass, and I'll open you right up. That's, that's <laughs> what this podcast does. What I, it's interesting though, isn't it? When you go online and you're going into the Amazon portal, for a lot of people, when they're first getting into it, they go into it, and we've had this a lot on the show, and they go looking for stuff that they remember as a kid, but but oh. want to bring back into their lives because they've, they've got rid of it or they've not seen it for years and we get this a lot actually and and oh so that's good so i'm not an, i'm not some sort of freak well it's not not been as you know we're only we're only a few items reason. into your episode matt so let, I'll, I'll let you know by the end if you're a freak or not i mean that's what this Thank is you. essentially we could call this podcast freak watch freak or not uh, <laughs> um so id interesting film uh, it's got good reviews it's got very good reviews 152 reviews almost all five stars six, actually not yeah. almost all 66 percent five stars which is pretty good actually um Dave says hasn't aged well, but still a decent watch. I rented this film as it was from memory, one of the better one of the better football hooligan films from my teenage years. I hadn't seen it for a good twenty years, as I could never find it anywhere on the internet. I mean, this could basically be the, be the voice of Matt Ford. This couldn't it? There we are. It could. Um, twenty yeah, years ago, it's... this would have got a solid four out of five from me. But looking at it through my now forty-one year old eyes, I can only give it a three. <laughs> you can't. You, you can't. Just... You can't retrospectively punish. You have to judge it on what your view would have been at the time, surely. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's not saying, well, the special effects are shit. Yeah, yeah, totally. You have to you have to give it the benefit of nostalgia. You have to, if anything, it ups it a star or two, right? Like a fine wine. It improves. Yeah. It improves. And what, what, what are the reviews like for the Hugh Gates School book? Oh, let's have a look at that, shall we? Let's, that's a great shout. Hang on a sec. So, Hugh Gates School. I hope it was well reviewed. I enjoyed it. Here we go. It's got four and a half uh, stars out of five. Fascinating account of a politician and period which are both not that long ago. That's some insight there. Someone. Um, excellent book. This masterly and very detailed biography of a great man brings Hugh Gateskill vividly alive. And for those of us who remember him, as I definitely do, he's a, he was a girlhood hero of mine. It represents a complete survey of the man, his time, his personality, his achievements, and his failures. I was given the book in about 1997 as a present, but did not read it until this year, 2018. In a way, I'm glad as its significance in a post-Blair world is this. And then she goes on 
about uh, just going into the sort of Blair comparisons. Because that is what happens with Gatescott, isn't it? He, he is the sort of, I mean, trying to get rid of Clause 4. Amazing to think. He was doing that in, what, the 60s? When was he leader? Yeah, so it's, uh, he was well ahead of his time, really, in terms of realising the Labour Party had to be more moderate and yeah, uh, listen yeah. to the country first. And um, yeah. So it's interesting she got it in 1997, obviously, because that's when Blair got elected. So uh, that, she must have been quite a Blairite and... and Someone's given her that as a gift and gone, well, if you like Blair, you know, that's like people saying, well, if you like Oasis, listen to this by the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Actually, I just I just, I just, just saw that film yesterday the other night. Oh, is I it wonder if good? I could do a political version where oh, yeah. New Labour never existed. Oh, that's a great and... idea. That is such a good idea. Uh, is it? Oh, I, you know what? I went cold on it halfway through there. I was like, who, the, who would give a shit? You could uh, start to introduce the, the third way. There is no left or right. There's the third way. That would be imagine. great. Can you imagine? Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with getting wealthy as long as you pay your taxes. Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> um, it, you know, I'm not. I don't know much about Hugh Gatesco, but having read some of the reviews here, it it definitely inter- piques my interest. Um, it's worth talking, Matt, if you don't mind, about your connection with Blair because didn't you work for him or you worked for the Labour Party in the nineties? I worked for the Labour Party in the noughties when okay. um, when Blair was leader and then when Brown was leader. So I worked for the party. Um, from about 2005 to about 2007. Mm-hmm. And I'd worked for Labour MPs before that and, and carried on working around the Labour... I then went to work as an advisor in local government after that to Labour politicians, but I was employed directly by the party in that period. Right. And um, obviously that, that sort of politics a huge influence on me. I was a huge supporter of moderate Labour ideas. And, and it was... Um, I mean, Blair himself the single most talented politician I've ever encountered. And I think a rare... I don't think Britain's ever really produced... People could argue about who the greatest prime minister is, but in terms of ability, yeah, he's kind of freakishly talented. Yeah. Um, I mean, even now when he does, you know, assuming that this is probably... Good. Oh God, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get tweets. Um, but you know, the <laughs> tweets are good. Yeah, uh, tweets are good. But just the way that as soon as he does anything now, Iraq, 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 just this, this the klaxon, the trigger that happens underneath anything. But as soon as you watch any of his videos about Brexit, especially any of his videos recently about the Corona stuff, you just watch it and go, yeah, that's that's a leader. There, that's there's. I mean, even if I don't necessarily agree with him, it's hard to disagree with him when he's being moderate and sensible and grown up. And it's that's that's sorely been lacking in British politics for the best part of a decade now, hasn't it? Oh, massively. And and it's the attributes that he brings. He is um, a phenomenal communicator. He's also relentlessly pragmatic and, and more... I mean, it, never is personal or rude about people. He's it, yeah. failingly polite. And those gifts, um, sadly, <laughs> don't seem to have been bestowed on anyone else in, in that sort of... in the in the way that they were with him... Uh, he really was uniquely talented as a politician. So people, the thing is with Iraq, it, you can understand why people disagree with it and why people feel very emotional about it. Uh, yeah. And and uh, and I totally understand that. But I th- I think with most people actually, their view of Blair is 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 more complex. They d- probably do disagree with Iraq now, even if they didn't at the time. But they also think he's talented. They also think he's the best leader Labour's ever had. Yeah. And they remember voting for him not that long ago, and they know they're not voting for Labour now. So yeah. The public still have, I think, a fairly balanced, fair view of it all. That may all change now with Keir, but let's not go too far into that because, mm. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. You were working for the Labour Party in the late noughties. And w- at what point did you leap into stand-up land? Was it was it when uh, 2010 happened and David Cameron appeared and you were like, right, fuck that shit, I'm done here? Uh, I, I certainly made the choice at that point 
to well I'd um I'd always done stand up. I did my first gig when I was sixteen. So I started out as a comedian and then went into politics and it, the two weren't really compatible and then I moved to London and then I started doing radio stuff and then I was able to I was working in public affairs as well. So I had all these different things on the go. Yeah. And then because I could check in the day job, I could then do a bit more radio. And then that was when I was able to do a bit more stand-up. So it wasn't that, you know, the 2010 election, like, changed my mind or anything like that. Yeah. And when you did stand-up, um, were, uh, were you very political? Not at first, no. Okay. No, when I first started, it was fairly standard, getting drunk, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the fuck you talk about when you're 16, you know, stuff you've seen on God, telly, you didn't stand up when you were 16. And where, where did you grow up then? Nottingham. So where, where were you doing uh, Daryl Martin's gig in Nottingham then when you were 16? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, he, uh, yeah, so I did my first gig at the Maltcross Music Hall. He, he ran a night there called Mad Dog Comedy Club. And then on Sunday nights, he had just the tonic at the Old Vic. Yeah. So I did that, you know, only once in a while. Because what, what material are you going to have at that age? And I didn't. I wasn't thinking, oh, I want to be a comedian. I just sort of fancied having a go. Yeah. And um, would sort of write bits and pieces and then gig once in a while, you know. Yeah. It wasn't any sort of great, more a hobby, really. But I realised once I was working in politics, it probably wasn't a sensible hobby to have. It's quite then, interesting, um, though, the comparisons, though, with, with doing politics and doing stand-up. Because the, that communication, that clear-cut, precise communication, when you, when you are a successful stand-up, you have got a clear voice and a clear background, like, like like just a whole character and authority that works. And it's the same with politicians. The ones who have got that clarity are the ones who do well. It's kind of similar, right? I guess it is. Yeah, I never thought of that. I mean, they both involve, you know, talking is the tool of the trade, I guess. And mm. that's like the, that's where the art is contained. So I think they're very similar in that regard. And I think what they both have is, I think until you've actually done it, your opinion on it, is somewhat not pointless but there's something about actually having to get up on stage yourself and say those words in a particular way that focuses the mind yeah that you really realize then what works and what doesn't and um and i include myself in this in that i've never stood for office i've never been a politician i've been an advisor i've been around it so i can sort of guess what it's like but i've never had to go out and and try and get people to vote for me and I think until you've done that bit, yeah. and it is you that's responsible, I don't think anyone, and even myself, with all the political experience I have, I will never really know what that's like. So, and I suppose you, that's why you, I find them completely fascinating. Have you never been up onto a, a stage at a rally and tried to get people to vote Labour? I mean, you must have because of, like... like I don't think I ever did any Labour rallies. I did a People's Vote thing last year. I hosted a People's Vote rally. Yeah. Right, um, yeah, right, which was exciting, but that was more like hosting a gig, really. Yes, yeah, you can be flippant. You um, can be Matt Ford comedian. You can be flippant, but I mean, have you ever sort of earnestly stood on a stage and tried to emote and make? Because it's fucking hard. It's not something we've ever done. But watching watching people like Eddie Izzard when Eddie Izzard was on Question Time as and he had a as a political axe to grind. He was he was terrible. He's an amazing stand up, but on Question Time because of his you know his emotions I guess and and there was no clarity of thought and he just fell apart uh, and it's like fuck I said he is one of my favourite comedians really struggling in that situation because he uh, believes so I suppose, hard I suppose, I've done question time a couple of times and, I, I, and doing talk sport for so long was basically debating and arguing with people night after night after night after yes. night so I've done that yeah, yeah, but I've yeah. never got up and said you need to vote for me now <sighs> to improve this community or this country. And I think until you've done that, 
until you've done that step, you know, even going on question time doesn't compare. You'd you'd slip into a gag anyway. But your your training, you'd you'd need to vote for me. <laughs> you just sort of you'd find a bit of observational co- comedy about you know self service uh, tills and that's it. <laughs> I hope I would. Heavy pencil. An actor of my experience, you just get run dry. A podcast sitcom with Anna Crilly and Tony Gardner. I played, I played yeah. Edmund Gelder and he played Fanny Snatch. The Observer called it a lovely thing. Wonderfully funny, pitched perfectly, produced with a light touch. I'm not having any more of this. I need you to pull me off immediately. Heavy pencil from Great Big Owl. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When they're looking through your shopping history and they don't understand it, you have been bought red-handed. All right, Matt Ford, let's skip on ahead now. 2017. Um, ooh, look at this. We've got the Santa sleigh, Father oh, Christmas. Yes. Uh, please yes. tell, us, tell us about this. I love Christmas. Me too. Yeah, me too. So I bad. love it. Yeah, I love it. I love everything about it. I love <laughs> the fact that in winter we put lights up and we make this really cold, dark, miserable part of the year really happy and I love the smells I love the smell of cinnamon and orange peel and cloves well mate I can see the I'm... Lily Flame Christmas Spice Diffuser which you've also bought on the yes, also yes, guys yes. please note this is bought sort of mid to late November so you are quick off the mark you're up there with my wife in terms of uh, buying Christmas stuff early in the year yes well what this is is I like to get it all up out on the 1st of December so tree up everything out so I need to get the stuff in if I need to get stuff in before then yeah because when you start ordering it, it I like to really enjoy it. I watch Christmas films every day. I have a Christmas playlist. I listen to carols. I listen to hymns, as well as pop songs like Saviour's Day by Cliff Richard. Wow. And, um, yeah, a couple of years ago, I really went for it and got a lot of stuff in. Candles, singing dog. That blanket, the Santa sleigh yeah. blanket, you, is I, a really you, thick wool blanket with a print of Santa on it. Do you sit under a Santa blanket surrounded by candles listening to Cliff Richard? Yeah. For a month. Yeah, a highly flammable Santa blanket surrounded by candles. It's just like you um, do this really tacky version of the lockdown, but, but for the month <laughs> of December. I love it. I have little tea light holders. I have all sorts of ornaments, LED snowflakes. Um, I just... I yeah, just, I love it all. I love, I, I love the... This is great. This the, the insight this gives me into you as someone I've gigged with you a few times. We've done a few bits and bobs together, and I think of you as a... Just like a... Quite a... a I wouldn't have put this on your doorstep to be honest this is not how i'd imagine <laughs> why not you are an oasis. you are a lager swilling oasis fan okay matt you are yeah. you are a man's man you love your nottingham forest football that that is where i yes. i pin you in my head and now i look at this and the texture i'm unpeeling the onion <laughs> and i fucking love what i'm finding oh mate oh that's good oh, i, I just great. love it i've always been obsessed with it 
Yeah. Me too, but I, I feel think, exactly the same way. I, I just become, I become an old lady for the month of December and I feel no shame. Again, right. there's no room for guilt in this podcast or indeed in life. Just no. enjoy those pleasures. And you can eat and drink loads at that time of year. And your body's telling you to eat and drink loads because it's cold and it's dark. So evolution is calling to you to drink <laughs> ale and wine and pies. Yeah. I yeah. amaze. I love all the flavours and smells. And I yeah. just love that that's what it's become. You know, that kind of, there's that herby, spicy smell to Christmas, whether it's in mulled wine or mince pies. Mm. Oh, Christmas yeah, is. I, I mean, is even just at the, the height of summer, I look out the window and think, I can't wait for it to be Christmas. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. John Richardson used to have great material about how when it gets towards winter, I start to feel like this is me again. It's like when you're with a girl who's not the right girl and you pretend to be into <laughs> clubbing and, and, do you know what I mean? And doing and going to festivals. And then Christmas comes where you get to stay indoors and sit in your jumper and listen to bad music. And you're like, yeah, that's me. I'm with the right person. Now. You know what? It's interesting you mention him because John and I lived together for two years. Oh, yeah. And the Christmases we had were amazing. I can imagine. We got dressed up. We got, I think the two Christmases we had together, I think we were drunk every day in December. It was brilliant. We'd get ourselves advent calendars. Yes. Jumpers, the whole house was done out. We had a massive Christmas party. It was fantastic. We both loved it just as much as each other. And we really fed off each other's love for it. We were going to the pub every night. It was just brilliant. They were two amazing Christmases. Those are perfect. That is exactly what you should do. That's exactly... And also, did you stop gigging? Because Christmas gigs... I love the comics who just... It gets to December and there are a lot of comics who go, no, I'm not. I'm just not going to gig in December. I'm just not going to do it. Oh, it's awful. I did... You know what? I did... I never really did that many Christmas gigs, but I did one a few years ago. Because I, I... You know, the problem is the money's good. So you... Oh, there's always part of me that goes, well, for... It's only 20 minutes and you forget the hell that you walk into. So I did one down in Portsmouth and um, like a fight broke out, P- people getting punched and knocked out and stuff. And I just thought, I'm never doing this again. So that was one, I think that maybe that was even four years ago. Yeah. So I haven't done one since then. And I didn't do that many before. Yeah. They're dreadful. I mean, they're, you only do them for the money. And that's a horrible thing to ever perform for, just the money. So there is no other you don't get any of the other benefits of performing at christmas gigs but i would say that the suffering i went through in terms of doing gigs at christmas and often a lot of other gigs i did as well that is now so that's now been sort of so thumbed into my dna that i it is impossible for me not to enjoy a night in impossible even during lockdown when i'm having night in after night in after night in i enjoy every single one because every night i think oh thank fuck i'm not doing a christmas gig in portsmouth tonight that is a really good point. That actually, when it gets to Christmas, you you think at least I don't have to do that. Yeah, it, it's true. It's true. At least I'm not out there. I've never the thought line. of it like that before. Um, yeah. Well, no, I'm I'm a big fan of your your uh, your your Christmas file. You're a Santa file, and I I'm very 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 keen on that. It also it's the place where my palate belongs. It's where my palate is home. You know what I mean? I want. I want stodge and sugar yes. and starch and comfort yeah. and all those things. Booze. Yeah. Chocolate liqueurs. Oh, my God. That's Chocolate absolutely. with booze in it. And you can just eat trays and trays and trays of them. <laughs> oh, yes. You get them in the pound shop. I go to Poundland for all my chocolate liqueurs. They're amazing. You get Jim Bean Baileys. Oh. Oh, my God. For a quid. You're talking probably 20... To 30 liqueurs in a box for a quid. Mm. I love how comparatively enthusiastic you are. You know, I was talking about Hugh Gateskill, a guy who tried to change the world. 
And actually, actually, this this is your oh, true politics. Yeah. This is where you belong. Yeah, um, selfishness. Uh, so, 2018 now, 2018, and uh, some fascinating stuff here. September 2018, the Aptro men's Hawaiian shirt. Um, and also a large 5x3 England uh, St. George's flag. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. actually that's June 2018. So that's that's when the Euros were on. Is that right? Euros or yeah, that was the World, World Cup. Cup. World yeah, Cup that was last year. summer's World Cup. Yes, um, we did all right, didn't we? In that that year, or well, England did all right? I should say. Oh well. man, yeah. Oh man, mm, go got on. so close. I, know, I think the thing was, I love them. I've always been one to. Uh, I'm a Forest fan first and foremost, but I've always supported England, and I know a lot of other people fell out of love with England for a period of time and it was a lot harder to support them. But I still loved it. Yeah. And I always loved getting... I just loved the collective experience of a, of a European Championships or a World Cup when everyone's supporting England and they start doing okay. It's brilliant. Yes. And I always like to f- hang a flag out the window. And um, so I bought a few of them for the for the World Cup. <laughs> right. And uh, obviously, because we got to the semi-final, I basically had it hanging out my window for the best part of a month. Right. I was really sad. But I would find myself... I got very emotional about it all. Yeah. And um, you could, I just cut that semi final against Croatia when Trippier scores. You think, well, this is, we've got one foot in the final now. And I just think. Yeah, yeah. That, we went 1 0 up, didn't we? Right? Yeah, I just think we'd have beaten them. I think we'd have beaten them if we played them now. And uh, I think it felt like, I think it was all done with a bit of a laugh, that one, where people hadn't got behind the England team for a long time. And then it, people were falling back in love with it. And they really liked Southgate. Yeah. And it felt like. We rode our luck a bit. We definitely got a bit lucky at times. Yeah. So it was all done with a bit of a, a, a laugh and a smile. Oh, waistcoats, by the time look you get at the, the lolathon that were the exactly. waistcoats. Oh. <laughs> and it, was, it wasn't too serious. It was all a bit of a joke. And um, I think given other things that had happened politically in the last few years, it was really nice to yeah. bring people together around a positive national symbol. Yeah. And yeah. during a heat wave... Oh, it was great. It felt like the 90s again. It just felt like everyone lost their heads for a few weeks and just had fun. And uh... See, there he is, mate. He's going back to his comfort blanket of the 90s. No, oh, I loved it. I was meant to be going to the Euros this summer, but they've been put off till next year. Tickets to four games, two quarterfinals. Oh, but they'll, they'll be all valid for next year, won't they? I know, but I was ready. I was ready yeah, now. Yeah, that's all right. A delayed pleasure is a much better pleasure, honestly. It'll still Do you be think? Great. Yeah. Also, Wales will be even stronger. It'll be fine. Uh, let's not dwell on that uh, so Hawaiian shirt uh, any excuses any reasons why you've got the Hawaiian shirts there are you just a fan of, of yeah. you know what? what is going on these are I cannot recommend these shirts highly enough so I my weight fluctuates a bit but I'm always just slightly on their heavier side does it go up a bit and, towards um, December maybe by any chance based on what we've been hearing yeah exactly okay. um, so I, I need to keep my weight down so I was going on a holiday to uh, Mauritius oh lovely Ooh. for a fortnight and oh. I thought well I've got to have some what I need is some nice shirts that I can wear to dinner in the evening that are thin, yeah. that are summery. Right. Um, and, you know, fine for a chap who puts on weight quick. So these are kind of, they're slightly, I didn't know this when I bought them, but they're kind of cottony polyestery, but with a slight elasticity in them. Oh, So they can fantastic. accommodate me up to various weights, but they're really light. So those are they, those are all you can eat friendly, aren't they? If they've got elasticity, these are great. They're just the, the two of the best shirts I've ever had, and I will wear them as soon as the weather gets good when I can go out. But the abuse I get for them. Well, I was gonna, I was, I wasn't gonna begin the abuse because you're on my podcast and you might just leave, and I don't want you to don't hang know, up. Abuse away. But I mean, I'm looking at one of a yellow submarine being chased by a blue whale, which is yeah, just, and a shark and a shark, which is just some sort of nightmare. And on the other one, it's got power. It's it's white. The base color is white, and then. 
uh, I can't quite see. I think is it. Uh, what animals on there? Is it a penguin? No, I can't see probably because it's, it's. It's like uh, a toucan and a toucan, parrots. Yeah, I think there you go. Parrots, are exotic animals. It looks. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen uh, Tiger King. But it's the sort of thing that Joe Exotic might want <laughs> on holiday. But you can't, you can't go to a tropical paradise and walk around in a three-piece suit, can you? You know, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to dress appropriately. And these were, these were breathable, right. light. They yeah. could, as I say, accommodate fluctuations in weight. They've got a collar, so they're okay for dinner. And you also didn't need to wear your St. George's flags that you'd bought. You didn't need to wear those around your neck because you'd know you were British when people saw you. <laughs> there is no exactly, doubt yes. No need for a passport, yeah. mate. I've absolutely got your number. We are now crashing into present day, right? We're in 2020 now, uh, Matt. We're looking at some of the things here. So we've got things like the uh, blonde USA president Halloween fancy dress oh, wig amazing yeah got the wigs ready uh, so that's something Sad. you bought march 2020 is that for the uh, lockdown breakdown is that for lockdown entertainment i just thought so i bought a donald trump wig and a boris wig but the Great. boris wig i don't know if you can see it on there it's, it says 90s messy surfer guy he is 90s messy surfer guy so it doesn't really it's it kind of does the job as a boris wig but it kind of doesn't but i just thought if i'm going to be at home all the time yeah you know, I'm gonna have to uh, find ways to like maybe put stuff out, and I can impersonate Trump and Boris. So I just thought, well, I'll get the wigs in and see what happens. Right. And actually, I've used them a couple of times. I have got some use out of them. I mean, they're both they're really crap wigs. They're sh- yeah. they're not good enough. They're not good enough. They don't <laughs> look really like either one of them. So I'd be, I think I'd be better off without them. But now I've got them, I can use them for stuff. They've come in handy a couple of times already. Great. I mean, there's always a, yeah, there has to be just a, the tiniest of voices, even though you are a talented impersonator. There has to be the tiniest of voices as you sit at your desk in your house and put a wig on for a camera. Just a small voice saying, mate, what are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Oh, mate, not just, just a, a small voice. Right, okay. Every part of you <laughs> says, don't be that bloke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What have you become, you fucking loser? <laughs> Do it without the wig, you prick. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, oh, but but then, to be fair, for a couple, it's really worked. So uh, they were cheap. Okay. You know, I would never use them at a gig. I suppose they're quite interesting because they are lockdown only. I would never have brought them had we not been in lockdown. Yeah. So I bought them for that reason. And then, so I did a gig. I did James Gill's gig, um, which is ABC Comedy, which he's now started doing live over Zoom. So um, we decided I was going to do it as Trump. So then I could dress up as Trump and pretend to be him. And that that just added i think if people are paying to watch you on like an internet gig mm. it, at least I've, it looks like i've made a bit more effort a bit of showbiz mate yeah a bit of showbiz a bit of showbiz you yeah. know if they're now listening to this and they find out you're actually just wearing a a, a wig bought off amazon that's taking that's taking the edge off for them so apologies uh, i think it was only about a fiver fiver <laughs> i think so yeah it's the really on, cheapest because the problem is the ones that are any good obviously are like hundreds of pounds yeah 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 let's not get that mate let's not go crazy uh blonde wait 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 hang on a second i love how they can't name trump in it blonde usa president of course yeah yeah that's a really good point the one's not so i typed in boris wig and that's what comes up 12.99 mate the blonde usa president halloween fancy dress wig uh pin badge and red tie there you go that is 12.99 um some amazing reviews um uh, stanley's mum poor quality so but what were these people expecting for the (laughs) price um uh, michael's said uh nothing like trump's hair just a cheap fancy dress wig i mean yes michael it's 12.99 mate 
wrong with you? How much was it? £12.99. Oh, God, I thought it was a fiver. And then um, Miss... That is quite, oh, yeah. you know, maybe 12 But it's still cheap for a wig, isn't it? You're not going to get ultra-realistic Trump no, hair for £12.99. No, I mean, if Donald Trump himself can't get ultra-realistic Trump hair, then you're... <laughs> Tell you! Possible. Um, uh, this is uh, someone called Mr. Trevor Lazenby says uh, you you probably you probably read this review much better than me. It was a great wig, a superb wig. It did the job. It was a great wig, a superb wig. It made wigs it great was, again. It was a great wig, a very good wig, and I think it's probably the best wig I have seen during the lockdown. And it's a great honor to be here. <laughs> yes, please. Was that right? Was that? That'll that, nice. that I hadn't Thank done you. my vocal warm ups. Very good. I enjoyed that. Um, mind you, I, t- I tell you what, a pleasure for me recently has been waking up and looking at the Donald Trump press conferences from the night before. Oh, man. He's losing his... I mean, he never had a mind in the first place, but he's, he's really going somewhere now, isn't he? Well, you re- the thing is, obviously, there's an element of you that watches it purely for the entertainment. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is he going to say? And that entertainment is contained in the fact that he is the president. You're like, that's what makes it even more mad. Yeah. But that is also what makes it horrific. And you know what? Him being mad is bad enough but at least in you know so-called peacetime, you could say, well, it's, it's embarrassing, but he's doing no harm. Mm. You realise the harm he's doing. Like he called this thing a hoax. Like people in America will get ill and die because when they yeah. shouldn't have done because yeah. of the way he reacted to it. So it's just, it's so mad. It's a real, especially when you do it, when there are things that he says that are so insane, you can't help but laugh. That is the natural human reaction. But it's so tragic. How ludicrous it's so tragic. Is. Yeah. The guilt I feel when I've laughed at something, I'm like, I, I feel, you know, it's like getting a boner about a relative or something. <laughs> 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 but it's true I, you know I completely agree you are laughing but it's the blackest most gallows humour because you're right people yeah. are fucking dying because of him like it's yeah. it's yeah doesn't get more serious than that no man it's really bad it's really bad and I what are your predictions for his chances in the election this year which eventually one day someone will be listening to this after the election in November 2020 uh, uh, assuming it happens what do you reckon I think he probably gets re-elected yeah me too because most presidents do and I just think with him um, before all this, you know, his approval ratings were good, and I think the sort of economy had done all right. Yeah. Um, so those things are quite important, and I just think any candidate fighting Trump is defined by Trump. Any yes. debate yeah. is the Trump show, and they are they exist only in relation to him rather than in their own right. And I just think that's so difficult. Yeah. And I don't think at the moment American public opinion has shifted significantly enough. For him to be in danger, but who knows? You know, if there's if there's widespread moral outrage at the way he's handled this thing, then this could be the thing that topples him. But yeah, yeah. I don't, you, I, you I know, don't see it. If he is re-elected, obviously bad news for the human race. Excellent news for anyone who's invested twelve ninety nine in a Donald Trump wig. Because, exactly. You know, exactly. I get five years, five more years out of that. Five baby. more years playing the long game. Um, and then let's come. We'll come crashing into. I mean, these are current. All these are, these are live orders now, Matt. So we've we've started off uh, with you uh, diving back musically into the '90s and and all sorts of uh, um, you know like political biographies. And now here we are uh, delivered yesterday. Curry powder hot. Yes. Oh, mate. And come on. You know what? Yeah. That is such a big tin of curry powder. <laughs> it's massive. Right. I'm addicted to spice and I make a lot of homemade curries. I become, I mean, I, I would never say this. I would never self-aggrandize. But I've managed to get myself to a point where I can cook a really good curry from scratch and it's very oh. satisfying. Yes. Um, but the problem is, as anyone who likes curry will tell you, you sort of get, the, the more you eat, 
the more you need that hit. It's like chasing your first ecstasy pill. You're like, mm. well, I need it stronger and harder now. I need like bigger and bigger highs. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've just become obsessed with finding really hot chilies and really hot curry powder. So I've got some Scotch bonnets in, and I've and I ordered a big tin of hot curry powder. And I, oh my god! And does your girlfriend really come with you on this weekend. journey, or does she stay back a bit? Because part of the way, right, I'll cook it, I see. and she'll have a little bit. I mean, right. what I would say is. It really, a hot curry really affects the body, my body. Mm-hmm. Sure I see. Body. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it affects women in the same way. I think it's blokes that struggle with it. Well, do you know what? Well, I don't know, I've she's got scraping in the bin, but she seems fine. I've got a theory about this. I mean, we're talking about the same thing here, right? In terms of the after effects of curry. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. I've got a theory about this. Because my wife eats, when we go for a curry in Chesterfield, which is where she's from, there's an amazing place called Indian Blue in Chesterfield. And in fact, you grew up in Nottingham, so same sort of yeah. similar part of the world. Wonderful. Yeah, I've been to Chesterfield a little bit. Right. Yeah, with the crooked spire. There you go, there you go. But wonderful curry houses in that part of the world. And Yes, uh, very good. She eats way more than me. But here's the thing, I eat way faster. Like I eat, Oh, yes, I eat faster, yeah. There you are, mate. Ah, so maybe that's it. There you are, love. It's because you're not slowing down, you're not chewing. She keeps going longer and she eats more and there's no, oh Christ, open a window two hours later. None of that. Whereas for me, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, everyone. And we go back, you know, we're staying in Chesterfield at her parents, you know, quite small house. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, this is so bad. The whole house is being impacted here by what I'm doing. Yes. Because I've gone, that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I, I, but the thing is I do both. I eat fast, but I eat long as well. Oh, oh, mate. That is, that's the dream to be honest. It's a double whammy. Yeah. Um, other things here as well but equally this is the interesting thing here the the, the fitness thing obviously you've got the, the bike that you've bought here I can see the exercise bike yeah. um, you've bought uh, oh those things oh, what are they called it just says all I can see is arriving Saturday for um, those bands those elastic bands yeah 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 that yeah. you put you stand on one bit and then you just got to pull them up loads they are evil but incredibly effective I've never used them before. Resistance bands. Resistance bands. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, resistance. I've never used them, but someone said to me that, because I'm using the bike all the time, they're like, well, you get fit, but you won't necessarily lose weight. And if you want to lose weight, resistance stuff is what you do. So I've ordered some of these resistance bands for a... Mate, I might incredible. mix it up one day and muck about with them, but I don't know how to use them. and They don't come with any guide, so yeah, yeah, I've just well. got these long bits of red elastic. <laughs> all you need to be honest make if, if they're elasticated enough you can make them into a nice shirt to absorb the curry powder uh, gas problems you know what i could wrap myself up they like, could use it like a girdle yeah yeah a big there johnny you there you go just just put them over your mouth just just cover your mouth so <laughs> they are a prophylactic against all of the curry and you'll lose loads of weight bom, bom, mommy, Thank you very much for letting us dive in. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, mate. I really feel like I've learned a lot about you. And most of it, most of it has been excellent, excellent news. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, Matt, where can we find you? What's what's the best place for us to tell people about what you're up to at the moment? Follow you on Twitter, is it? Twitter, at Matt Ford, with an A on the end, and tickets to tour shows, mattford.com slash live. That was, mate, thank you so, (laughs) so much for doing that. That That was was a real pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Of course, always. Um, All right, thank you so much and good luck with everything. Cheers, mate. Oh, I really like Matt Ford. What a lovely man. And what an excellent shopping listery he had. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy um, me, 
and you know obviously who doesn't uh, I'm doing a podcast every day at the moment with Dave Cribb it's called Cabin Fever you can get that on Great Big Al uh, so check that out if you get a sec and uh, in the meantime stay well stay happy hope everything's going alright with you and uh, give us a follow at ToasterPod on Twitter and if you give us a nice review honestly it makes the world of difference he says he says hinting hard long and hard I'm looking at you I, can, I know you keep meaning to do it and you've not done it yet please please give me some stars oh god validate me validate me bye bye those Twitter notifications? Forgot to watch anything but Netflix? Dreading the video conference small talk at nine? You need a news vitamin, you know. You need the Smart 7. It's a brand new daily podcast that puts your brain into gear. Everything you need to know in less than seven minutes. You need the Smarts? Hey, we got the Smarts. The Smart 7, every weekday at 7am. Available right now on Spotify and all the usual places. 